Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this hump day, Wednesday, uh, September 6, 2023. I forgot what month it was. I got all your entertainment news in one place on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh, boy. We got ongoing stories we're going to get to outside of the Bachelor world, including Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's divorce. They finally released a statement. Plus, we have an update on some other stories we've been covering. A real sad story that we can only begin to scratch the surface of. Reality Steve's going to be reporting on that. And also, Caitlin Bristow finally... Uh, not not to say she has been withholding from us, but starts to talk about some of the issues that led to her and her fiancé, Jason Tartik, ending their relationship. That'll be our featured story of the day. So we've got all that and more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Where do we start? I'm recording this from my mobile studio in Newport, Rhode Island. That's right. On the great Aquidneck Island, a beautiful uh, waterlocked space here in Rhode Island in New England. A heat wave. Oh my gosh. I don't think my wife has been to Rhode Island for good weather once in the entire time nearly a decade we've dated. It's 80s. It's in the 80 degrees range. It's end of summer. My brother's getting married this weekend. I can't wait for all the festivities. We flew in at a 10 p.m. red-eye flight from Los Angeles, which means we arrived around 6 a.m., So we are running on fumes, as they say, but sometimes running on fumes is the best way to run. I can get a little goofy and we'll have fun today on this hump day. Uh, No, so I made a big mistake. My Monday episode, I forgot to publish. So I went out of my way on Monday during Labor Day. That's right, your boy, Labor Dave, went out of his way to get you guys holiday content for all those driving around. And then I didn't realize till Tuesday that I didn't release Monday's episode. So yesterday you got two different episodes. All right, is that okay with you guys? My bad. Sorry, fire my producer. It's me. All right. So I've got this full story about Caitlin Bristow. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's play reality, Steve. He's teasing this story that he isn't going to break, but it is a sad story that's emerging in the Bachelor world. Let's have a listen. And I just I want to start with this. Unfortunately, I can't report anything, nor will would I ever consider reporting something like this, especially due to what we've recently had happen in terms of fabricated stories uh, that showed up online that ended up not being true. Um, I've been made aware of a story that is very unfortunate, and I hope it's not true. I believe it is, but again, this is not my story to break. I do think it will get out once it is found, and I'm, I'm going to say this. This has nothing to do with cheating or anything like that. It has nothing to do with Joey's season. It has nothing to do with Bachelor in Paradise or the Golden Bachelor. But it does have something to do with a Bachelor Nation story. And every once in a while... Uh, you know, reality Steve will bounce a story by me that either isn't vetted, so it's not getting published, or he's working on it. It's just kind of what a lot of us content creators do. I don't really break many stories, so there is. It's very rare that I have news that reality Steve doesn't have. He's the kind of the funnel that gets all of the news, and the story that um, will probably be coming out in the next day or two. It's just a sad one, and there's no other way to put that. There's no other way to put it. So sorry for the tease, folks, but um, it's just one of those things. Just be patient with it. Once you, once you hear the story, you'll you'll also realize that it is just nothing, 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 nothing 
but a sad, sad story. Uh, and we're going to get into some other stories here uh, in the non-Bachelor world. Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. So, I mean, boy band meets Game of Thrones, right? Ring camera video audio was linchpin to divorce. This is a TMZ article. Now, when a couple's going through a divorce, there's always the PR spin where maybe Joe Jonas... Um, wants to end amicably with Sophie Turner, but maybe uh, his PR team is going to try to slam her, you know, which you would never want. But clearly there's a jockeying for who is to blame here. Joe Jonas saw, heard something with Sophie Turner that was the last straw in his decision to file for divorce, and it involves a ring camera. Multiple sources who have direct contact with Joe tell TMZ, Joe had access to a ring cam that he said captured Sophie saying and or doing something that made him realize the marriage was over. Well, maybe she rang the doorbell and rolled her eyes, being like this idiot. Yeah, if I had a ring cam video of every time my wife was annoyed at me, I'd be like, hey, honey, what are you doing out there on the porch? Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe she was also uh, getting handsy with the, uh, you know, uh, uh, pizza delivery guy. Who knows, folks? Or maybe nothing at all happened and it's a misogynistic world we live in and maybe uh, they're just trying to make her look like a bad mom. TMZ broke the story. Joe and Sophie's marriage had been on the rocks for at least six months and it was all over as a significant difference in lifestyle as one source put it she likes to party he likes to stay at home they have very different lifestyles which again that's probably ridiculous you know i mean she's had a couple they've had a couple children together he's out on tour so for him to say he likes to stay home no he's out on tour i'm sure he gets a lot of love from that but i'm just here to defend sophie turner knowing nothing about this scenario i'm sure you know like like uh just read this next line as we reported over the last three months joe has had the kids almost all the time sophie has been in london but joe and his brothers were touring the u.s and he had his two small kids in tow well what they don't say is that she's uh you know making a movie so she's working and maybe Maybe that's it wasn't agreed upon that he would, you know, have the kids while she's working. Who knows, folks? Either way, the ring cam is an interesting development. So they officially released a statement because it was all speculation. Are they together? Are they not? He's got his ring on. He doesn't. Here was their statement they released. After four wonderful years of marriage, we have mutually decided to amicably end our marriage. There are many speculative narratives as to why, but truly this is a united decision. And when we sincerely hope that everyone can respect our wishes for privacy for us and our children. Well, we'll have to see how that all plays out. I've got an update on Drew Barrymore and her alleged stalker. We'll get to that right after a quick word from our sponsor. All right, we've been covering this story with Drew Barrymore. A warrant has been issued for alleged stalker after failing to show up for GPS monitor. As we reported, he tried to like rush her on stage and then showed up to her home when she wasn't there. Her Drew Barrymore's alleged stalker, a man named Chad Michael Bousteau, now has a warrant out for his arrest after failing to show up to get a GPS monitor from authorities. Southampton Town Justice Count Clerk Heather Drapel tells TMZ a judge has issued a bench warrant for Bousteau in connection with last month's case when Bousteau was arrested after cops say he showed up uninvited to her Hamptons home. Yeah, his mugshot photo, which must have been from a previous issue, he's got like a bloody uh, forehead. I mean, it really looks like a monster out there. We're told he was set to get fitted for a GPS monitor by cops, but never showed. So now police are looking to apprehend him again. Well, we'll comment when we have any update on that story. 
sorry, very strange. And how about this coming out of Maryland? A cop kisses a young woman and then goes into the patrol car with her. This video has been going viral. I saw it yesterday. A uniformed police officer in Maryland was caught allegedly making out with a young woman in broad daylight and seemingly on the job, only to go into his cruiser with her shortly thereafter. The video is absolutely wild and is going viral for good reason. The footage, which was posted on TikTok Monday, shows a Prince George County cop with his arms wrapped around a female in the parking lot of a park where other people are out and about. Yeah, first of all, what an idiot for, for doing this at all, but also in in a park. I mean, any cop knows or should know that every eye in the park is going to be looking at you, what nervous that you're trying to, you know, do something nefarious. They appear to be engaged in an intimate moment, which was only punctuated by the fact that the two of them then proceed to hop into the back of his marked vehicle, closing the door behind them. On its face, it sure looks like something inappropriate is going down. So yeah, we uh, the the police department actually released a statement. Executive command is aware of a video Executive Command, by the way, sounds great. I should start calling myself Executive Command. Executive Command is aware of a video circulating on social media with one of our officers. As soon as we became aware earlier today, we opened an investigation to determine the circumstances. Additional information will be released once investigation, uh, once investigated and confirmed. All right, so we'll have to do an update on this story. I mean, what are the odds that she uh, scratched her knee in his first aid kit was in the back of the police cruiser? You know, like what else could it be? Well, she didn't have good Wi-Fi and she needed to send in her college essay. So, you know, I don't think there's any good excuse here. I'm assuming we're going to get to the bottom of it. And uh, in other news that's outraging people, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Oprah Winfrey face backlash for asking fans to donate to Maui Fund instead of contributing more themselves. So they made a video pledging, you know, saying, hey, we could use, we, you know, we were asking people to donate. I guess what they could have done was they could have said, we're going to match whatever donations come in uh, or something like that. My guess is, is that they will be donating money, but they also, like, I get it. I get why the optics are bad. They are essentially billionaires who uh, have homes in Hawaii, not originally from there, although wasn't, didn't The Rock live there? Either way, the point is, is that uh, it is people like them, those that have mega homes that drive up the price for everyone else because, of course, they buy property and land and all of that jazz. They launched a relief fund to help aid local residents who were affected by wildfires that ravaged large sections of Maui, but viewers hit back and asked why the celebrity duo couldn't donate more of their own millions instead of appealing to people with less money. Now, look, I I always hate that logic because it's like, look, if you can't afford to donate, don't. But at the same time, obviously, there's probably a way they could have communicated this that... Uh, was uh, maybe illustrating how much they are actually donating because I'm sure they are. But of course, um, you know, uh, we'll have more to that story because I'm sure, you know, their PR is going to want to clean that up and say, no, 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 we're donating. You know, The Rock just donated like a million bucks to the SAG fund. So I'm sure they're donating, but uh, maybe I'm just giving them too much of a benefit of the doubt. And speaking of the SAG fund, these strikes, folks, are not going anywhere. Aaron Paul says he doesn't earn a penny from breaking bad streaming on netflix despite the show's ongoing popularity and you know what you know what i'm seeing a lot of in the comment sections people saying good they were made they they were paid too much money who cares it's just so shocking to me that there's even an audience that will support the mega wealthy 
corporations, in this case, Netflix or Disney, you know, Bob Iger making $50 million. And yet here we have Aaron Paul, who has done really well, I'm sure he's made good money, but he is still getting robbed because his whole show Breaking Bad is being basically leased, you know, a license to Netflix and he's not getting a penny from it. So, yeah, it's just one of those stories that folks are, you know, when you read the comment sections, you truly see how brainwashed we are as a society that we, you know, the SAG after strike, the Writers Guild of America strike, these strikes are there to really, really help working class people. And yet, you know, they also affect people like Aaron Paul, who's clearly a megastar. But for every Aaron Paul, there's probably 10,000 just blue collar working class people that are trying to get, you know, their residual payback, pay that was taken away, essentially due to automation, right? It was, you know, they automated how you watch films, how you watch movies. They made software, you know, obviously the Netflixes, the streaming services, they made this software and they gave bad deals to people and people took the deals not realizing how bad they would be and now several years later going okay Netflix isn't some web TV show it's a mega success we need our people to start making more or else we should pull the projects down and you know that's in part what the union strikes are all about so if you're looking for scripted content folks I'm telling you right now this is a good this is a good thing for non-scripted this is a good thing for reality TV and for the bachelor franchise I mean they moved Bachelor in Paradise and Golden Bachelor to Thursday. Must see TV. They moved it to Thursday because scripted TV is all but dead right now. Now, who's going to win the strikes? I'll tell you what, it's the Writers Guild and SAG. They're going to win because most actors and writers have had survival jobs. They've been broke before. They'll be broke again. Artistic integrity uh, is going to win out, folks. I'm telling you right now, the only losers here are going to be the studios and all of the other people that had to you know, uh, deal with not making any money because of the strikes. That's just how it's going to be. Mark my words, folks. And another development due to these strikes has happened here where Taylor Swift, do it yourself, Taylor Swift, already, they're predicting a $100 million opening weekend for her movie that hasn't even come out yet, which is based on the tour that made billions. I mean, she is literally just shitting money out right now. With the summer season over, cinemas are counting on Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour film, to be a formidable October surprise at the box office. I mean, normally these films just go straight to streaming services, but Taylor Swift Swift was able to negotiate with AMC and and ditch the studio heads. I mean, not a good time to be a studio head. Can Taylor Swift's newly revealed concert movie continue the momentum of Barbenheimer and Barbie in particular and become a cultural rallying cry at the fall box office? Well, that's a long question. Cinema owners are counting on just that after last week's surprise announcement that Taylor Swift, the era's tour concert film, will hit theaters across the U.S. and Canada for several weekends beginning August 13th. Several exhibition sources tell The Hollywood Reporter they believe the film could open to a record $100 million based on brisk advance ticket sales. Nor are they ruling out the movie ultimately grossing $150 million or more domestically. I mean, the movie literally was just shot weeks ago. I think they shot it during her final performances in L.A. So good on her for just completely... I mean, I can't wait. I'm not going to go to the movies to see it. I don't need a bunch of screaming Taylor Swift fans as much as I love Taylor Swift. I don't need that. But good for her for really, uh, you know, just taking over the, the world here. And I can't wait till it's released on streaming service. That's where I'll watch it. All right, well, let's do it.
Let's get to our featured content. Um, I've got Caitlin Bristow, and she has Sean Johnson and Sean Johnson's partner on her podcast, Off the Vine. Sean Johnson, of course, former Olympian and uh, national hero, gymnast Sean Johnson. And uh, Caitlin Bristow, you know, does a pretty solid job of taking inventory of what went wrong with her inevitable breakup with her and Jason Tartik. Have a listen. Them in line, I will too. say if I ever like respond to, you know, the parent shamers, mom shamers, we share all of our social media for like work and stuff. Yeah. I always have to like delete it really quickly. Like the whole conversation, like Andrew can't see that I responded. Uh, I love this. So she'll, she has to hide the fact that she responds to the mom shamers, which are trolls, but it's within the mom community. Of course, everyone be, I burped my kid this way. This is the way you need to do it. Oh my gosh. You're using uh, plastics. You, you shouldn't wrap your kid's food in that. Uh, you're using uh, one time use paper towels. You know what I mean? What? Trust me, guys. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Back to late. <laughs> I feel like same even about like Alicia, my podcast producer, yeah. and Maggie, my assistant. Yeah. Because they're probably like, what are you doing, yeah. Caitlin? I'm like <laughs> having the most like deep conversations yeah. with a troll being like, Do you, what is your inner child needing right <laughs> yeah. now? Like, Meanwhile, yeah. it's like some yeah. Russian bot that's not like, yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. a computer. Yeah. Just but. being sensitive mm-hmm. and like trying to get an apology out of them. Same. <laughs> you just took like a... I'm, I, I'm the same way. I hate to say it, but I, I, I try to empathize with people. So it's, it's ridiculous. But if someone leaves a negative comment, I'll try to get down to the root of their comment and say, are you hurting? Are you looking for attention? Why? Why would you post something so rude? And in the end, I'm just trying to get them to acknowledge that what they're doing is rude. Probably good advice to just ignore it. But, you know, hey, sometimes they catch you and you read it and you go, "Mm, I'm just not going to let this one go. And just like Caitlin says, as a partner, you can tell when your partner's responding to something that's sucking that energy out of you. It's not needed. Social media sabbatical, yeah. I did. I should have gone longer. I could have, but I... What I'm, I'm now slowly but surely coming back, but I did, so I did two weeks because I just knew there was going to be, you know, when you end yeah. a relationship in a public eye, I've already done that before. Yeah. So I know there's going to be the, and now you don't have control over your algorithm. All of a sudden, yeah. uh, Us Weekly's popping up and I'm like, I don't even follow you. So yeah. I knew it was going to be this. I knew I was going to be tempted to read the comments. I knew there were people which there are so many of them because I saw a couple that are going to be like, Jason dodged a bullet. There's going to be a lot of noise. Um, Obviously a lot of support and love too, but it gets drowned out sometimes. So I was like, I'm just going to take two weeks. I'm not going to go what we call here on the podcast shopping for pain. And so I chose to not go on it. And it was, I honestly was like, why am I okay? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, and of course, people are going to comment, oh, Caitlin, you only did it for two weeks. You should have done it for so much longer. And again, that's judgment. You know, she runs her business through her social media. It provides her happiness. I understand the idea, just like the therapist who talked to Caitlin said, hey, the only way to beat this thing is to be completely off of it. Uh, but you can try to set parameters. Going on your social media is different than doom scrolling. We call it doom scrolling, where you see everyone's account. And like Caitlin said, if she decides to, say, block my account because I'm covering and I wouldn't. I would not be offended if Caitlin blocked my account, if, even though I think Caitlin and I are very friendly. Some might even call us friends. Who knows? I don't know. Are we there yet? Um, even with that said, I could understand that even as friends, she has to protect herself. But she can't protect herself from every random account that might be covering her breakup. And you know, it's a dangerous place to be. And yet, she still has to run her business through her social media. So I understand it ain't easy. 
like, holy shit, it's because I'm just doing what actually, I was surrounding myself with friends, I went home and saw family, I stayed off social media, I was meditating, I was working out, mm -hmm. I was doing all the things that, you know, make somebody feel at peace. And so as soon as I like opened it back up, I immediately got anxiety. Yeah. And I was like, why am I here? But, um, you know, the world keeps on spinning and I had to get back on there. I love entertaining. I yeah. love I love talking to nobody, but thinking it's everybody. Yeah. And yeah. so now I'm just like, I'm not going in the DMs. I'm not scrolling. I'm just, um, good, what good, pops good. up immediately, I'll be like, oh, if it's a friend, I like it. And then I don't try not scroll. Yeah. And then I just do my thing. It would be so much easier if you could set your Instagram to make to just close your DMs. But you can't. It's just a decision you have to make. It's like you have to decide not to scratch the itch. You have to decide not to doom scroll. The other day I had um, a lot of time off and I found myself just like, uh, and it's okay to go on TikTok or whatever. It's fun to check that out once in a while. But you have, you have to like be aware of how much time you're spending on it. As you guys know, just on a productivity level, I don't bring my cell phone into the bedroom. So I don't like wake up and go on my cell phone anymore. And if I do, I have to get up and go in the other room. I've made it a little bit more challenging to do the doom scrolling. And I recommend that for anyone out there. Get us get an alarm on your watch. Uh, get a separate alarm. Get the cell phone out of the bedroom and at least make it a little challenging to procrastinate so much. It's hard. It feels good. It does feel good. Have you guys ever done a social media break? I freaking, no, I love social media. I'm so like, a, I, I'm I get into that. it. I get that. I'm into like YouTube specifically. Yeah. I'll, we have a pretty good relationship with it where mm -hmm. for, we went into the Instagram offices, I don't know, seven years ago, like mm -hmm. a year into when we first started putting a lot of time into this. Yeah. And the first thing they said to us was, the best way to do social media is to create more than you consume. And there it is. And we talk about that all the time. You cannot create if you're consuming. You can't do those at the same time. So if you find yourself needing more time to create, this is why, look, if I have kids, I, and again, this isn't mommy, I'm not daddy shaming anybody, but I want to find the healthy medium to not let my kids spend so much time consuming content. Because I mean, this might sound stupid and maybe I sound like a boomer. Uh, no offense to boomers. Maybe I sound like a, you know, the, the, the silent generation. I don't know. But when I was, when I was a kid, you stuck your head, you looked out the window on long road trips and you thought of things. Your imagination ran wild. And I can only imagine so much of that connective tissue in the brain was solidified in a creative way because I didn't grow up with cable television. We could only watch TV for like one or two hours a week. All those things existed. I wonder if you're consuming at a young age nothing but content, you don't give yourself the chance to think. And that could be a very dangerous thing. I mean, I mean, you know, we got a large audience of moms out there. Really ponder that and leave a comment and let me know any tips you have for anyone else there to make sure that your kids are not because it's one thing we know as adults we're addicted to our cell phones and to our devices, but imagine kids who can't communicate uh, as eloquently having that similar addiction, that dopamine rush. Like, Give me the iPad. I need the iPad. You know, I had a relative recently smash their kid's iPad. And I'm like, good for you. Take control back from those screens. All right. Here we're going to go to Andrew asking Caitlin about her love life. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're freaking wild. Love is dead. <laughs> he asked her, uh, uh, what, what, what's your relationship with love? And she said, love is dead. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know oh. what my take is on love. I just uh. want a partnership. I want, I want a partnership that has, like, the right amount of love to choose e each other. And I just... I. 
I want you to want me. Wow. And she tells me, you have really good luck in career, in finances, in friends, in life. And and she goes, but you are not so lucky in love. I said, yeah, no shit. Are you sure she doesn't just watch... No, she or was read like, the tabloids. <laughs> yeah. She is a she is literally a witchy vibe on the side okay. of the street in L.A. who has no idea who okay. I am. Yes, um, and she was nailed it. But it was just so interesting because I that's how I feel. I really am just like, I think from divorced parents, and I had a really unhealthy first relationship that totally skewed my vision of what love should look like Mm -hmm. because i thought i love him and he loves me so why is he treating me this way it must be what it's supposed this just must be what it is and nobody told me otherwise Mm -hmm. and so and that was three years of like being treated like absolute garbage and that was my first impression of love and so i think i am very very jaded but over the last 10 years i've really been focusing on um myself which could be a problem too in relationships because maybe i'm being a little selfish but i do think um i just have a lot of negative energy around love and that's Mm. sad but Mm. i'm working on it cleansing my energy well you're a catch thank you yeah and i think that i think i am you are I mean, the fact that she can acknowledge that this past relationship gave her these feelings, that's such a great place to be. So many people fly blind on what their actual issues are. Now it's a matter of finding someone who's a right fit. And honestly, when you have a long relationship, three years, four or five years, it might seem like, oh, I'm not learning my lesson. This has been happening 10 years now. But it's like, it's only happened with two or three partners. And maybe Jason uh, filled a lot of the boxes, but maybe not all of them. And maybe she wasn't ready to commit because she was still getting her business off the ground. It goes both ways. It's not like a patriarchal thing, like only the guy can get his business off the ground before finding love. You know, maybe maybe deep down she was putting all of her energy and Jason was putting all of their energy into their businesses. And maybe she'll get to a point where she goes, okay, the business is crushing. I'm ready for the next steps. And maybe she thought she had that with Jason, but I think in hindsight they've realized they didn't. Yeah. But it's just, it feels like, I don't know, as soon as I get into any relationship, it always feels like, like even in the last two, which of course everybody knows of, it's like we we both just kept choosing ourselves over anything else and just not growing together. That's why I'm like, when you say growing together is the best part, I'm like, what does it feel like? I will say both the relationships we just were doing this like really focused I'm really focusing on myself and my career and I do think I'm getting to be a better person which will make me a better partner but it was just which would you rather have five million dollars or a husband Mm. a husband I will say this Mm, yes ten million dollars I would Yes. Ten million that could really get me out of a few jams. <laughs> I will say, yeah, yeah. I know, like you have to be compatible. It has to be like your person, everything. And about if if Caitlin doesn't have ten million dollars, she's got the equity for ten million. Like she's got the brand. She's got the like she's she's she, her business is just fine for for whatever. I mean. I understand the, the, the scarcity mentality, but she's going to have to come to terms that she is a boss bitch dominating the podcast game, the influencer game. She's doing great. But I understand the fear. She was working at a restaurant, barely getting by. She was in a relationship that she says when she followed her partner to Europe for his hockey dreams where she didn't have any financial independence. I understand she wants to get that bag. I totally get it. 
And finally, with a late-breaking story, we have a gender reveal done uh, and posted online by Nick Vial and Natalie Joy, of course, they're having a baby. And ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. It's a girl. They're having a girl. Congratulations. How exciting. A new member of Bachelor Nation will be a girl. Uh, wishing them a happy and healthy rest of their pregnancy and safe deliveries and all that jazz. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow, folks. Uh, recording this from my mobile studio in the beautiful state of Rhode Island, as always. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Mm-hmm.